Uh, very almost Christmas. We're, we're almost there. Um, and uh, the scripture that was just read today uh, was, is probably the most famous of all the biblical accounts uh, in terms of the Christmas story. And of the, of the uh, most famous account, probably the most familiar part of it is in verse 14 of, of chapter 2 in Luke, where the heavens split open and the angels sing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. For those of you joining us for the first time today, welcome. We're glad you could be here. Uh, this last uh, few weeks, we've been going through a series as we've been studying the book of Philippians in the Bible that we called uh, Finding Joy. And last week, as we wrapped up that series, uh, we talked about how there is joy to be found, there is peace to be found in all circumstances. Well, here's that word again, peace. And actually, it's the key promise to this most special of all days, the day of Jesus' birth, Christmas, peace on earth to whom God's favor rests. And so what I want to do today, briefly, is talk about peace. What is this peace? If it's so central and it's so important to everything as it plays out here in this text and in, in this wonderful story, uh, what is it, the peace of Jesus, and how do we get it? So for starters, maybe the, the, an easy place to start and help us kind of grasp this is to understand what this peace is not. So for, this peace is not uh, political or international peace that the angels are singing about. If Jesus' birth marked the, the difference between... Put the microphone over to the side. Um, if, if this marks... We good? Lift it up more. Okay. Testing one, two. There we go. I'll let them work on the volume. I'll just keep talking. You can talk real quiet. If Jesus came and the angels were singing about political peace, boy, was that a failure. I mean, you don't have to, you just open up your news feed today and you see uh, in any number of ways, I mean, wars are not ceasing. Political turmoil, turmoil is not ending. Uh, that was a failure if that's the peace Jesus brought. Um, it's interesting you know, when you look at uh, how Jesus talks about this later on, in the same book of Luke, about 20 chapters later, about 30 years' time later, he says this, When you hear of wars and uprising, Jesus said, do not be frightened. These things must happen. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. Wait a minute, Jesus. Weren't you meant to bring peace on earth? What's the deal there? Um, if anything, Jesus is saying things are going to get worse. Uh, Jesus wasn't talking about this sort of peace. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we often remember the fun parts of the Christmas story on our lawns or on our mantles. We do the nice nativity scenes with, uh, you know, little figurines of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and, and, the, and the little sheep, and it's all cute. It's all wonderful. What about the massive bloodshed that surrounded the events of Jesus' birth? Genocide. Oh, yeah, there was that. King Herod, hearing a prophecy that he probably didn't even think was real, just figured, you know what? This birth of a new king that's coming, let's just take care of that. We don't need a new future king taking a throne. Let's just stomp that out. And he started having all the newborn baby boys killed. That doesn't make it on our lawn. And actually, this political lack of peace was brought about precisely because of Jesus' birth. Jesus, the angels were not singing about political or international peace. They were also not singing about relational peace. 
you know, kind of relation, you know, peace between, you know, fellow man. It doesn't take being, you know, uh, married to the love of your life and having interactions that, uh, oh boy, there's sometimes lack of peace there, to understand that relational peace hasn't come fully. And that's what the people we love, that we, you know, it's easy for us to love, let alone the folks, maybe it's a little bit harder to love. Uh, Where's the peace there? Again, in Luke, this is about 10 chapters away from Luke 2, the Christmas story, Jesus says this, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. Wait a minute. I mean, this is almost comical, is it not? He says the words, peace on earth. Those are the same words sung by the angels, that there will be peace on earth. And Jesus is saying, do you think I've come to bring peace on earth? No. What? What is Jesus talking about there? Especially given all the stuff, all the, 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 the callings in the Bible, whether you've read it or not, you know they're there to love one another, to love sacrificially, to be peacemakers and peacekeepers. Those words literally articulated by Jesus. And oh yeah, what about that part of love your enemies? How do we make sense of it? Jesus was talking about a different peace entirely. Uh, when he says, do you think I've come to bring peace on earth? No, he said, actually, I've, I've come to bring division. On account of me, father will be against father, uh, son, uh, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Uh, in, in a very w- real way, Jesus is saying, on account of me, there will actually be a lot of division and lack of relational peace. Now, to be clear, we are called as followers of his to love and to, to care and to, and to be peacemakers, but that is not the peace that, that the angels were singing about, the peace on earth whom his favor rests. And by the way, this too is a part of the Christmas story. If you look at verse 5 in, in, in that Luke story that was read earlier, it says, Joseph went with Mary and was pledged to be married, uh, who was pledged to, be, pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. That's kind of a nice, like, subtle, innocuous verse. Um, but if you think about it a little bit more, boy, is it loaded. I mean, historians tell us that it was very likely that Mary was about 14 years old, at most 18 years old. And then there's the fact that they were having a child out of wedlock. Now, I would like to think in 21st century America, that if, if, a, if a gal in these situation, if a couple in this situation had a baby coming, we would rally around and we'd say, hey, it's going to, you know, we're there, we're going to help and all that sort of thing. Maybe that would happen. There'd probably be some eyebrows raised in our culture, sadly, and all of that as it's being worked out. How much more so in first century Palestine? I mean, would there have been eyebrows raised and there would have been little whispers behind their, you know, their backs? What's up with these guys? And it's not like Joseph and Mary could have been like, oh, hey, guys, hey, you guys don't understand. You know, no, 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 we can explain this. The child's father is, is God, okay? Um, don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's all going to work out. The Son of God's in there. It, you know, it's all, I mean, if anything, Jesus' birth marked relational lack of peace in the world. Was he talking, were the angels singing about internal peace? You know, kind of this inner, uh, you know, strength, uh, relative peace to my circumstances, that too they were not singing about, um, which I think is so important. I mean, if you were here last week, you're like, wait a minute, David, didn't we talk about that last week? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, Philippians 4 says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a relative peace? Isn't that a peace that helps us in all circumstances? Yes, but that is a peace, let's be clear, that comes as a result of the peace that the angels are singing about. 
It is, it is a part of it. It can be a part of it, something we can tap into, but it is not what they are singing about, the angels. Why does this matter? Here's why I think this is important. I think most people, the average Christian even, will think about things this way. The average Christian thinks, you know what? Okay, I want peace. So here, here I'm gonna, what I'm going to do to get peace, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the things I know I should be doing. I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to do the good things. And on a given day, if I'm doing those good things, then I'm going to feel a little bit of peace. Or if I miss and I don't quite do the things I know I should do or I'm doing bad, oh, then I, I feel a lack of peace. In other words, as long as we're good enough, then there will be peace. Then God's favor will rest on us. But thank God that's not the peace the angels were singing about. More on that in a minute. What were the angels singing about? This huge moment, which if you, if you haven't read your Bible, just so you know, you might think that angels show up all the time. You know, angels are just showing up. They never show up. They rarely show up. And when they show up, they rarely show up in the multitude like this, singing from the heavens. Kind of a big deal. It's not relational peace. It's not political peace. It's not internal peace that they're singing about. It's something far greater. I think the easiest way to describe this is to think about the song that we actually, uh, the last one that we sang. Uh, I actually uh, was coming to this thought uh, this week, and Chris, our, our music director who was putting this together, I gave him a call, and I said, hey, do you happen to be singing like Hark the Herald Angels Sing? I looked at our software, and I was like, oh, my goodness, it's this, this last song that we're singing before the message. Like, okay, that, Coincidental or God, I don't know, but listen to this. Hark the herald, angels sing. That's Luke 2, verse 14. Glory to the newborn king. Uh, what does it say? I just want to make sure. It's harder to do this on the spot. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Here it is. God and sinners reconciled. That is the good news. That is what heaven tore open and the angels sing about. God and sinners reconciled. You see, God is a God of peace. In Him and through Him flow all good things. Uh, last week, we talked about this in Philippians 4. It's really interesting. He promises the peace of God, and then a couple verses later, he says, because I am the God of peace. He is from whom all good things flow. Goodness, love, kindness, hope, patience. From the very first part of the book uh, of the Bible, it basically breaks down to this. It's saying on the first few pages, this is what God offered us. But we said, you know what? We'll take some of that, and we'll do our own thing over here in our own way. And what happened when we chose to say, you know what? I'm going to do things my way. Um, we took some of the good, some of the, we said, pride started to creep in. Selfishness began to creep in. Anger, bitterness, right? and now we start to see peace was lost. Perfect peace was lost mainly because our relationship with God was severed. God did not intend us to be lost, but he called us into a life of peace. And actually, to summarize basically all the, the books of the Bible that lead up from those first few pages to the story where we're at today, is this is over, uh, oversimplification, but it's, it's, it's good enough, is basically saying, God, God's saying to us, here's the life I've called you to. Do these things. And page after page after page, it's actually really hard reading in some respects because it is so keenly aware of human. Uh, it's, it's our human nature. Page after page after page, we don't do it. And we reject God. And the results of that are lack of peace. We were lost. That's the wonderful news of Christmas. That's what the angels came to sing about, that God didn't leave us to ourselves. He didn't want us to forever be separated from him. He came to 
reconciled us. The Son of God reconciled us. Peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Listen to how uh, one of the New Testament, this, that is after the part of the Bible that after Jesus, looking back on Jesus' life, puts it. He said, for he himself, that is Jesus, is our peace and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He reconciled us to God through the cross by which he put to death our hostility. This is the peace of Jesus that Jesus brought, a restored relationship with him that even if we don't realize it, or maybe we have realized it, but we just kind of pushed it away and said, you know what, I'm not, no, God pursues us, loves us, and, and is offering us his peace in Jesus, knows us intimately, loves us, and his peace that he's giving us, the promise here, is not a relative peace, as wonderful as that, that is. It's an absolute peace because it's based entirely on what God has done for us himself, what Jesus has done for us himself, what he has done living the life that we should have lived but couldn't and dying the death that we deserve, that when we put our faith in him, we can receive forgiveness and life in his name. A restored, reconciled relationship with God. Absolute peace because there's nothing that we can do to earn it or mess it up by God's grace. It's all in what he has done for us. And it's an absolute peace. Now, there's two qualifications for this peace in this verse that we're focusing on. Uh, the first one is, it's on whom his favor rests. Uh, do you notice who in the story doesn't really receive the peace, never really received the, three, the, the, the peace here? Um, it was the people in power. It was uh, Caesar Augustus. It was Quirinius. It was uh, King Herod. Um, they didn't receive it. I, and I, I tend to think, here's what's going on there, because they felt like they had enough. They had all they needed. They had the power. They had the wealth. They had it all figured out. Why be bothered? I mean, it's kind of like the dude, I heard it said this way before, it's kind of like the dude who has a full beard, full set of hair, who opens up his gift under the president, and he finds that it's Rogaine. Like, what's he going to do with that? He's just going to, like, toss it aside. Like, what's he going to do with that? I, I feel like, here's why I think that's important for us, especially in the Silicon Valley. For the most part, we've got it figured out. We've got all we need. We are enough. But do you notice who in this story are the ones that do receive this peace? It's the complete opposite, isn't it? It's the lowly. It's the humble. Mary and Joseph, the shepherds. I always read about shepherds, and I always think, man, they must have been stinking. They were spending all their time with the sheep, sleeping on the ground. And the angels came to them and said, it's going to be the sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. What's that all about? He's right there. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, has humbled himself, and he is, you can go and see him yourself. Will you go see him? You see, at the end of the day, Christmas really is about the giving and receiving of gifts. It's about the greatest gift. Actually, the Bible describes Jesus as, uh, thank God for his indescribable gift in Jesus. God and sinner reconciled. Uh, it is a gift. It has to be received. And the second thought here, a second qualification here is it on earth. Uh, it has to be received on earth. That's the idea of there's an urgency here. Uh, Jesus was always talking about, he's like, now is the time. Receive me. My favorite place is where that, that kind of gets this thought across is Jesus at one point says, I stand at the door and knock. And whoever would open the door and receive me I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Just a, just a knock, you know, just like a, a baby on a, on a, in a manger, in an inn. 
approachable, but we got to, we got, like the shepherds, we got to go there and we got to go see. He stands at the door and knocks. So what do we do with this? For stars, if you're here today and you have never received the message of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, this is the wonderful news that opened the heavens and the angels sang about that is available to us today. Christ, the newborn king. Jesus is available. He loves you, and he wants to offer you not just relative peace, as awesome as that is. He wants to give you absolute peace, a reconciled relationship with God. And you can, it's, it's received like a gift, saying, thank you, Lord, I receive this. Forgiveness in your name for what you've done on the cross, I receive that. That's it. And then if you have received Jesus, uh, the call, of course, is to live from it, to, to live out of it. God, Jesus calls us to be peacemakers, peacekeepers. Um, but understanding how this played out in all the stories of the Christmas event and all the things that were surrounding, the peace of God is not a magic pill. Uh, he did not come to just kind of do a wave motion and all our, our fear, discomfort, and pain would go away. In fact, he came saying it's going to get harder. Actually, if you are a follower of mine in, in, a, in a number of ways, it's actually going to be even harder. He didn't come saying that. He, he didn't come to fix everything in terms of, like, the pain, comfort, discomfort, and, and, and fear that we, we face. He came to remind us, to show us that we aren't alone, that he meets us where we are, and that he's for us, that he's for you. Joy, hope, and peace can be found in all circumstances of life. Why? Because Jesus came to take care of the only thing that could rob us of joy, hope, and peace a relationship apart from God, and he made that possible in what he's done for us. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And then I'd say church, as a last thought here, our calling, it seems to me, is to learn from the model of the shepherds here. Uh, What do the shepherds do? Uh, They don't hoard this to themselves, this wonderful news. By the way, they also don't grab picket signs and poster board and figure out where Cornelius is and just kind of lay into him. Here's what they do, and I hear this is our, our calling and our privilege as a church. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. First of all, if you're here this morning and you have not received the peace of God through Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity now. While uh, heads are bowed and eyes are closed uh, for, for the sake of, of privacy, um, you can receive Jesus in your heart today. And that really comes by uh, receiving what he has done for you by saying, yes, God. I believe in what you have done for me on the cross, forgiving my sins. I receive that life in your name. And if, you'd, if, you, if that is your heart's posture today, you'd like to receive the peace in Jesus, you can do so today by, by receiving that in your heart. And then I just encourage you to raise your hand that I would see it, not to get all weird on you or any of that sort of thing, but just for the sake of acknowledging it and praying for you. And if you'd like to receive Jesus today, you can go ahead and raise your hand to, sh- to show as a reflection of what's going on in your heart. I'll see it and I'll pray for you. Give you a moment here in this time. If you'd like to receive Jesus, you can do so. Yes, I see that hand. Any others?
Yes, I see. Yes. Let me pray. Father, I pray uh, for this individual who has raised his hand. Um, would you meet him where he is now and give him your peace? Nothing that he has done, but all in what you have done for him on the cross as he receives life in your name. Bless him. And I also pray for relative peace for him and for all of us. Lord, thank you for this indescribable gift in Jesus. Thank you for this gift that we, 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 can, we, have, a, we have a reconciled relationship with God. We love you. We praise you. This is all for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.